0: Taking a break from the politics of the day, yours truly, Dr. Bruce, returns the levity zone to ground in another session with Dr. R.P. Kaushik. I featured Dr. Kaushik several times early on in the zone as I have found his voice soothing, his wisdom moving, and his arc of story beautifully transforming. His teachings always circle around the theme of moving past the suffering caused by being too much in the mind to open to a kind of universal energy and intelligence. This recording came to me through old friend Tom Manning, who has now tragically disappeared, and is provided to you with the endorsement of the doctor's son, Manav Kashik. The doctor's words and work have largely been lost over the 40 years since he was active, leaving India to tour the West. He was a contemporary of J. Krishnamurti, who I also admire greatly. Dr. Koshik's message is different from Krishnamurti's in that it is not colored with a long history of institutions, the politics of the day, and the overlay of the New Age movement. The doctor appeared and then quickly disappeared and never sought to build a following. So I sense that his message is a simpler, more pure transmission. It is for this reason my heart opens wide to him and I am offering his humble, but sometimes strident, teachings for you here.
1: If the body and mind learns to do away with the excess, its understanding, it may finish. But if it is intellectual, it will not. If it is an intellectual understanding that you keep on trying to bring balance every day, sometimes you succeed, sometimes you fail, sometimes you succeed, sometimes you fail. Because the only way the intelligence can be brought about is not to eat according to an idea, but to develop the body sense And I would say, if you have a problem with eating and you eat to an excess, then when the food comes, first of all, wait till you're really hungry. That's one thing. Not that your stomach is demanding food, but your whole body is demanding food. That's one thing. Don't eat just out of emptiness. Let the real hunger come in the whole whole organism. And when you are so hungry, and not to eat when you are excited or agitated, sit down calmly, have a plate of food before you, look at the food. Eat it with your eyes, not with your mouth first. Eat it with your mind, keeping it before you. Just take a pause of half a minute or a minute, or two minutes, doesn't matter. But come to an equilibrium When you're looking at food and enjoying it, by observing it and looking at it, do a little meditation on food. As you look at a flower, as you look at another human being, look at food. And if you really look at food, then you'll find just by looking at it completely, you seem to get a sense of saturation, fullness. You've not started eating it. And so now you have established a real relationship with food. But if you are eating with an idea, with a desire, and desire being an idea. Desire is the mind eating it, not the body. You have created a division by desire. But when you have brought your mind and body in a state of equilibrium, by looking at food and enjoying it by looking at it, and then eat slowly, chew it well, and if you eat slowly and chew it well, a point will come and keep on looking to your body, and a point comes when your stomach says full. Not your mind, but your stomach says little sense of fullness. If you watch, there is a question of one morsel, one last bit, before that it was empty, and that one morsel makes it say full. Not overfull, but just enough. Look for that morsel. That last morsel, which says, just enough. Still more you can eat. But the quality of sensation has changed in your stomach. Watch for that. And now you may still be able to eat more. Watch this signal. And don't go past this signal, because body intelligence says, enough for me. Thought says, no, it's more tasty. It's very pleasant could have a little more, or some sweet things, or some cake or pudding. So that's one way of awareness. And you will also notice, when you are meditating more, you are eating less. In a state of meditation, hunger is less. In a state of frustration and emptiness, you are eating more. So eating more is not a problem, the problem is frustration. So don't try to eat less or more. Try to look what this frustration is. Try to look what this emptiness or void is in life. And what can fill up this emptiness? Only that which is beyond mind. Not food. Not any object of this world. Not any material object. So the problem is emptiness, not food. Not desire, not pleasure. This is a reaction to emptiness. And emptiness cannot be filled by anything of this world. Emptiness can be only self-fulfilled when you look at it, when you meditate upon it, when that energy comes down in it and fills up the emptiness. That's the only solution. That's one way if you can do it. And if you cannot do it, there's another way. If you have ever contacted this energy, which you call God, or whatever name you like to call it and to you it's a reality, it's no longer an idea. That's very important. If it has been in your experience sometimes, then it's not an idea, it's a fact. But if you have read from some book or somebody else telling you there's an idea, in that case I'm not saying that, but if you have experience in your life as an, as a fact, repeatedly, verified it, acting in your life, answering to your needs, then when you have your bowl of food sit down and offer this food to that which fills up the whole universe, which creates the whole universe, which is the primal source of the food and you and everything else. And then partake of the offering, not of food but of the offering. Eat slowly with a reverential attitude, with certain respect for what an offering is, make eating a sacred affair, then food is no problem. Not only that, if when you can eat with, with that offering, you can bring this right attitude that this is offering to the divine energy, the divine source. This energy has the capacity to neutralize every poison. Anything in this world has got two aspects, positive and negative. Whatever is food is also poison. Just a little more of this is poison. Just a little less than this is food. Just a little this way, it's pleasure. Just on the other other side of the scale, it is dissipation and destruction. The same pleasure, whether of food or sex or any pleasure, is destruction. Wherever there is indulgence, there is destruction. The enjoyer is destroyed, Enjoy enjoyer is consumed, not pleasure. Food is not consumed, the eater is consumed through diabetes, through heart attack, through blood pressure. The, eater, the enjoyer is consumed, food is not consumed. So it is becoming destructive. So the two aspects of food are there. Two aspects of everything in this world of matter is there. One is poison, the other is nectar. When you offer it to this energy, the poison is taken up. And only the nectar part, the positive part, remains there. Knowingly, unknowingly, even if the food happens to be by mistake, contaminated with something, not completely wholesome, you should take care. Because when you are making an offering, make an offering of the purest thing. But even if there is something in it and that right attitude you have brought into your eating, even poison can be transformed. Whether it is transformed in your case, I do not know. It depends upon your reverential attitude and your right relationship. But the whole thing can be transformed. And then you will find offerings you don't eat by balefuls or bucketfuls offering you will find the small quantity is very satisfying. Because it's not the food which is satisfying you, now; it is the energy. So that which is the source has come into life. Without that source coming into life, do whatever you like, try however hard you may, that one-tenth of an inch, that gap you can never fill up. You will always fail by one-tenth of an inch. You just succeed, but only for this last one-tenth of an inch. And this gap you cannot make up. So, trying is not the way. Struggling is not the way. Give up the struggle and see what the fact is. So, without bringing this reverential quality in your life, without bringing this sacredness in your life, whether it is food, whether it is sex, whether it is drink, whether it is clothing, without anything, if you don't have this reverential attitude in life, everything is going to become destructive. And no motor-frying will help. Clear?
0: One one final question. Starting back ten years ago, I spent three years in in India, and as a souvenir, I have uh, liver trouble from hepatitis. Now, some doctors say lots of protein, some doctors say little protein, there are many different diets. Again, this becomes a uh, confusing issue, almost. In this case also, is the best course to offer to God and then uh, see what foods I'm supposed to eat following from this?
1: Yes, then your instinct will start telling you. Then your body will tell you not so much fat. This greedy f- greasy food makes you, your stomach upset, your body dull, heavy. So that food which makes the body heavy, that is out doesn't matter who says what. So see the quality of the feeling in the body after food, and that is your guide. Doctors know very little. Nutritionists know very little. Even the saints and sages and yogis know very little. Only intelligence is there inside the body. Find out. Without awakening this intelligence in the body, do whatever you like. It will never work. Hepatitis is only an idea. You believe in it and so it is there. I cannot con- possibly conceive of a hepatitis lingering on for 10 years.
0: It's a low grade, little chronic liver trouble, little ache sometimes, nausea. Of the many blood tests they give for liver trouble, one is a little elevated.
1: Only one little elevated. So the function is not normal. Either you can learn some exercises, some Jeevan exercises, the spinal exercises to activate your navel center, that will do the healing. That's one way you can learn these exercises, if you want to do them. Or otherwise, eat lightly, don't overexert, don't eat foods which are known poisons for the liver, too much spices, too much fats. And then open up your body to this healing agency. And let it again take care of your liver. That is if you believe that there is a liver. But if you know that there is... <laughs> no, 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 they're important, I am saying that, because it is whatever your belief is. I don't say liver doesn't exist, liver exists. And so does everything else exist in this world. But if you come to this realization that only that exists and nothing else exists, everything else is a form and name, Healing has taken place, if you can realize that. You see? Everything exists, but that existence depends upon the reality that you accept to live in that reality that is real. Bacteria exist. liver trouble exists, infection exists, cancer exists, heart trouble, diabetes, everything exists. So long as you make it exist. You create this reality through your belief, through your experience, conditioning, reinforcement. When the mind starts looking to another reality and then that alone is real, everything else is a form and name, a tremendous amount of change takes place in your organism. <laughs> your body is different. So that's the only miracle. Otherwise, you will keep on treating liver one day and kidneys another day and heart another day and then you will find one thing will get all right, the other thing will go out of order. That thing gets all right, then the third thing gets out of order. Every day something disorder will continue. But I'm not saying hypnotize yourself, this doesn't exist, that you don't... I'm not talking of hypnosis or self-hypnosis. If it's a reality, let this reality translate into life. This is called realization. This is called realization, God-realization. That energy is no longer a concept that it exists and it is the source of everything. You see it acting as the source of everything. If you can live it, you can feel it, you can experience it, and it's your day-to-day, every-moment experience, your life has fundamentally changed. You are a different human being. You have no more problems. Otherwise, the problems always be there. Sometimes high, sometimes low. Sometimes God, sometimes devil. Sometimes too much food, sometimes too little food. Sometimes happiness, sometimes sadness. This will go on. This plague will never end. But you have to make a final bid and say, Look, this whatever is my sorrow and pain, it's my creation, not God's creation. My creation. I have created it. I have created it by believing it, by subscribing to it, by reinforcing it, by accepting it. And I perpetuate it, by struggling against it, by fighting it. You see, when Jesus says, resist not evil, that is what it meant. When you resist evil, you are giving substance to evil, you are recognizing it. And if you recognize it will exist, then it exists and it will exist, it will multiply, it will reinforce. So everything that you resist, you have accepted its existence. And if you are resisting infection and disease also, you have accepted their existence and you have reinforced their existence. I am not saying that if you are, don't live in this awareness, don't take medicine. <laughs> then you're lost completely, neither of this world nor of the other world. But if you understand what's being said, then there's something different. You may take medicine or not, I'm not saying that. That will depend upon intelligence and upon your understanding. But first to see that whenever there is a symptom, a sensation, discomfort, how do you respond to that? You have a small little stitch in your right side of the chest, lower part. My God, my liver. The memory of the past, the diagnosis of the past, the test that you have had, a stitch in my liver. Does the mind stop there? Please watch your thought, how thought moves now. And immediately liver, hepatitis, low-grade infection, the thought comes into that. Immediately, there is a contraction, a spasm in all your body, whole of your body goes into tension. And blood supply is further cut off to this ailing part, whatever that part is. And now this stitch is being reinforced. It's not being healed. If you could relax, there may be more blood flow, there may be healing, but healing agency have cut off by naming it, by contracting. Because you can't relax. And name immediately triggers off this contraction. And then next thought, what shall I do about it? What food shall I take? Which doctor shall I consult? What medicine to take? I've suffered for seven years. My God, will it go for another 20 years? Will it go for whole life? And now see how your mind has got trapped up in this one stitch, one sensation. And each thought that is going on in this line is reinforcing it. You're reinforcing the disease. Please... Understand, I am not saying don't take treatment. We have not gone to the treatment stage. I am just talking of what the mind is doing. Can you understand the problem? Treatment comes later on. And then, there are many ways to deal with this sensation. But one simple way is, this is a stitch, this is a sensation. Go into it, study it, look at it, the whole history. And this sensation is being reinforced by memory. There may be some disease, there may be something, I don't know what it is. It may be simply a muscular stitch, it may not be something to do with the liver. But once a stitch is in that area, which has been affected before, for me it's always hepatitis. Yesterday it might have been hepatitis, it may not be hepatitis today, but my mind immediately interprets it hepatitis. So it's a stitch, a contraction, And memory is reinforcing it by calling it hepatitis and all that. So it's memory reinforcing in past experience. Can I convert this experience into an idea? Can I see this fact as an idea now? Not through hypnosis, not through counter-suggestion, but seeing that the whole mechanism is in the past, is related to memory, is related to past experience. Something in the present triggers of this whole mechanism. Something in the present I am not understanding. I am only looking at this stage through the memory of my past, through the observer. And the moment I can look at it as my past experience, as my past memories, then it is the experiencer of the observer, the, related to the past. It's an idea. It's a memory. It's not a fact. Then what is the fact? If you have relaxed, then you can feel the fact. If the mind and body is relaxed, you can feel the fact. What's the fact? Once the observer is dissolved, what is the fact of life? It's very important. Please pay attention. Vita, please, listen. It's not, I'm not talking of feeling, I'm talking of observer and observe now. Observer is coming from a different direction now. Once the observer sees that the collection of the past memories, then an idea then it's no longer a fact, it's finished. And when the observer, this past is finished, this memory, the bundle of memories is finished, then what is it? mind is relaxed, the body is relaxed. The tension is gone. There is no more division between the observer and the observed. There is no division. The energy of unity is operating now. The energy of harmony and oneness is operating now. The observer has become one with the observed. The fusion has taken place. The energy of love has started manifesting. The healing agency of love is a reality. Now it's a reality, and if you can see this as a reality, you find your small stitch in the right side of the liver is fading away. And can you open now to this energy of healing and let it flow through whole of your body and now forget the body, forget your liver and forget everything because there is no body and there is no liver and there is no stage. there is only this energy. If you can realize this energy as a fact, this is called realization. This is realization. Once you realize this energy of love as a fact, then it is healing you. It is doing everything for you. Your life is changing. Then observer and observed is not a trick, is not a philosophy or a theory, it's the effect of life that you're looking at life. Then God is the effect of your life. Love is the effect of your life. It's no longer an idea. And as I'm saying, whenever this stitch comes in the liver, in your side, then you think of the whole thing. Can you look at everything in life In the same way, when you are looking at someone else, all the past memories come, condemnation, comparison, acceptance, rejection, all that is coming up. Can you see it as all figment of imagination, the result of past, nothing to do with the present? Can you see it as an idea? It is no longer a fact arising from past memories. And can you see it dissolve away? Can you see the observer dissolving away and live, living with the effect of this energy? which is no division between you and me. And wherever you bring this energy into focus, any problem of your life, the problem is dissolved. You live in perfect security, complete and total security. Then you are not dependent on food for pleasure, for sex for pleasure, for money for pleasure. This energy is your sufficiency. That's the only life to live. The rest of the life is chaos and conflict. So don't waste your energy. Don't waste your life on these minor things. Trying to treat problems individually, sometimes treating your liver, sometimes treating your stomach, sometimes treating your heart, sometimes treating your lack of money, sometimes treating your uh, lack of relationship, lack of harmony. uh, Nothing will come out of that. So we have been treating these individual problems, fragmented problems off and on for so many years. Can we now have a new look at our whole life and see that it has not worked? Modifications may have taken place, but modification is not the radical solution. Can I bring the radical solution into my life that with one stroke, with one single stroke, I solve all my problems? That's living real life. That's living total human life. Do you understand? Any other question? So, bring this sacredness in life. Bring this quality, this miracle in life. Let life not be profane and meaningless and dull and boring. Bring this beauty and quality that wherever you go, there is joy and shine in your eyes there is a smile on your face and there is a fountain of bubbling joy in your heart and your life is lived free of cares and worries and anxieties. That's the only life to live, otherwise this shoddy, petty life always frightened, always anxious, always terrified what might happen, what may not happen, heavens may fall, earth may disappear, earthquake may come, fires may come, God knows what may happen. And can you understand that there is only one, one disease, one problem. All right. There are many diseases and many problems. No, can you with this? no, 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 let's start from the other way because we are so used to so many things, multiplicity of forms. We are dealing with multiplicity of forms. We have so many problems, from morning to evening, different problems coming up. You solve one problem, another pops up. You solve the second problem and the third pops up. And so you have got many, many problems. Myriads of problems, many diseases, sometimes heart, sometimes liver, sometimes stomach, sometimes lungs, sometimes pollution, sometimes allergy. But to all these problems there is only one solution. Can you find out one answer to all these problems? What is that one fundamental problem of life which is creating so many challenges? out of which so many problems are arising, what is that fundamental problem? Mm. Me. All right. Me. The observer always separating itself from the observed, always living in division, trying to solve its problems fragmentarily by isolating itself from the rest of the world, rest of the universe, trying to solve my problem. The me. And each time you make an attempt to solve the problem, you have complicated it, you have multiplied it. It is assuming monstrous proportion. And if you can look at that, and you, when you look at that, then it is all and there is there's an energy of unity, the healing energy, the energy of oneness where there is no division, no division between you and me, no division between me and the weather, no division between me and the pollen and the flowers and the grass which is causing allergy, no division between me and the bacteria which are causing infection. I'm not protecting myself against anything in life. Life is protecting me. Bacteria don't say anything to me. Pollen doesn't say anything to me. Weather doesn't say anything to me. Because I'm one with everything. Robbers don't say anything to me. Thieves don't say anything to me. Murderers don't say anything to me because I'm one with the life. The ferocious animals don't say anything to me. The wild beasts don't say anything to me. I'm one with life. And wherever there is division, there is fear. And wherever there is fear, there is disease and sickness and lack and disharmony. So can I live a life totally, absolutely free of fear? No fear whatsoever. No fear of financial ruin, no fear of physical health being ruined, some disease, cancer, heart trouble developing, No fear of my girlfriend or boyfriend running away no fear of my friends deserting me can you live in that total security total fearlessness the only answer is this energy otherwise there is no other way you may try to make yourself secure through thought through various solutions and each solution you make you find that your insecurity is increased in another direction you may build your health by jogging you may build your health by very careful selection of diet, by eating most nutritious protein diet or whatever diet you think is nutritious, you may have all the minerals and all the vitamins selected. I'm not saying they don't bring order in your life, I'm not saying they do the opposite of it, but with all that built up, all that thing that you have built up your health, does thought ever arise that in time this health may be lost, one day this health may be gone, and to keep it up, how much tense you have to be, get up in the morning along, according to the clock, dress up for your jogging suit, run for 5 miles, 6 miles, 10 miles, 20 miles, and more and more if you don't run then you know only when you run 20 miles per day then you are absolutely assured freedom from heart attack, otherwise no. And then you 20 miles and then you find after 10 years that your heart is secure but your kidney is failing. <laughs> a solution you won't die of heart attack sure if you jog 20 miles per day (laughs) but you may die of kidney failure so you can make all these attempts you can bring all these balances through all your intellect can think of intellect however hard it may think can never create harmony and order it will always create disorder the seeming order will be disorder Underneath, deep down, there will be disorder. And the more you try to cure this disorder, mend this disorder, through more order, you create more and more chaos for yourself and for others around you. You neither live in peace nor let anybody else live in peace. Because you have your pet theories, you have your pet beliefs, you have your pet ideas, proven ideas, theories, you have read books, thousands of peoples of experiences. You are imposing upon yourself and imposing on everyone else. You might be having seemingly a good physique, strong body, but deep down tension within and tension with people around you. Always tense. It's not a solution. So there is only one solution and there is only one disease. Division between you and life. You as an entity, you are separate from this life is the biggest disease, is the biggest problem. And ending of this division is the solution. So there is only one disease and one solution, one problem and one solution. There are not many problems and many solutions. Many problems and many solutions drive people crazy. They make you frantic, they make you so hectic, running after one another, you are chasing phantoms and images. No solution. But then when you understand this, fundamental question, that every problem arises because of this division. You're cut off from the source. You're cut off from the source of life. This division cuts you off. It cuts you off from the umbilical cord which joins you with this whole universal energy, the mother energy of the universe, the healing energy of love and care and affection. And the moment this unity is restored, the nourishment and blood supply is restored to the organism. Regeneration takes place. Health is restored. And then you can say, fundamental change has taken place in your life. The human mind has been transformed. Human consciousness has been transformed. It's no longer living in fear. But there is a precondition for all this that this energy will only help you, will only heal you, will only take care of you if you have given up violence and domination in your life. If you have violence and domination towards other forms of life, you have cut off this energy again. So there is no other condition excepting one. And that is to respect the unity of life. No scope for violence, anger, jealousy, hatred. And then you will find nothing is withheld from you. The whole secret of nature is revealed to you. All the treasures of nature are revealed to you. The profoundest secret of nature is revealed to you if you do not violate this fundamental thing, that you'll have no disrespect for any form of life, including those society condemns, whether they are robbers or thieves or whatever. No disrespect.
0: What about mosquitoes? Mosquitoes? uh, I find it more and more difficult to kill these little things.
1: And you should not. Why should you kill them? But can you feel when they bite you, they come to bite you, just relax and feel oneness with them? They are knowing you. They have come to test your perseverance, your declaration of love and affection and enlightenment. <laughs> it's not leaving even the saints, you know. They are not sparing the saints and the yogis and the religious people. They are coming and biting them. And can you say, look, my friend, I am part of you and you are part of the same life. Why are you biting me? Can you just talk to the mosquito like that? Just try. Don't hit it. Don't frighten away. Just say. Just talk to it. And the moment your communication is through, they will leave you alone. Everything will leave you alone if you can communicate. This is a very amazing work to do. Do it. Try it. And you see this miracle happening in your life all along. But if you can't do it, then you'll have to kill. If you can't change yourself, you will have to change outer circumstance and outer environment. Otherwise, you will have to do hard work because if you have started on this road, if you started on this path, you have to go through this complete transformation. You can't have transformation in part and non-transformation in another part. It's not possible. So when transformation has taken place in the intellect, it must take place in the rest of the psyche. It must take place in the body. So only when the transformation has gone through completely, and that can take place not through your effort or your will, but only through the operation of this energy from day-to-day moment of your life. That's the challenge. So Mosquito is pointing out to the challenge that, look, you might be professing love and all that, but here I am to test you. Can you go through these challenges? It may be difficult, but if you can communicate, you will find a miracle happening communicate not even with the mosquitoes, you can communicate even with the clouds and the rain and the wind and then communicate to the whole universe. If you are one with it, first identify who you are, first find out who you are and if you are one with life, communication is simple. So once you are under the loving care of this healing agency, this this energy of love and unity, once you can feel it, that is operating in your life, once you can feel it, touch it, That is called realization. So realize it. Make it real. Make it a real living experience. And then you find that you live a life free from all care and anxiety. (laughs) A million dollar formula I have given you. (laughs)
0: All
1: right, switch off the slide. We'll meditate for about 20 minutes.
0: Perhaps Dr. Kaushik's primary lesson always is, for true healing and realization, pay attention to what your body is saying. He is a doctor after all. And if you center more in your body, you may become an objective observer, able to watch how the mind turns everything into an idea. In this state you may then have the fortunate experience of detaching from all of those ideas and simply being here, one with what is. As the sages throughout history have instructed, that is the sure path to relief of anxiety and suffering, but also to opening to your own realization or awakening. After my own intense recent brushes with this state, The wise friend who sat with me asked me to simply contemplate, this, it's all about this. There is nothing but this. For me, very much a strong head case, with each iteration of experiences like this and being reminded by those who have been there like the good doctor, it is gradually landing. And I am opening to that universal energy he speaks about so clearly. So, as you feel our societal anxiety levels spiking due to the current politics, your own life stresses, or simple informational overwhelm, remember that these are all constructs of mind, and that there is another alternate reality, this. Paraphrasing the doctor, Quote, If there is no division between you and this life, you are one with everything and you are no longer living through intellect. You are free from fear, and the fact of this healing, loving energy creates real transformation in your life. There is only one problem and one solution. So perhaps Dr. Kaushik has shown us an actual path to levity. So why don't we take it? Let's try to do that as this beautiful spring comes in. And we'll see you next time in the levity zone.